Better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. I'm JT and I'm here with Big Clapper, Joey. Big Clap. <laughs> That's the man. Slap them meaty paws together. Boom, boom. The three best upper body strength moves for BJJ. Now, we like to think of the body more holistically but sometimes people just need to know what they need to do to get their upper body strong. Are we saying only ever do these exercises for the upper body, nothing else? No. We're saying that if you wanted to rank our top three, if you're not doing these top three, then maybe your upper body is not going to be as strong as it could be. Or you could be working towards them. Yes, that's it. Because right, so there's, call... there's some advanced shit. Yeah, true. So first cab off the rank, we're going to go to the overhead press. Because this is something that doesn't probably get enough love. You know, there's plenty of people out there talking about bench press and push-ups and all these different things. But really, your overhead strength determines a lot of what happens lower. Because a lot of people focus on just getting strong here and then they can't even lift their hands above their head. And we all know that in jiu-jitsu, we often get forced with our hands up overhead and we have to be able to be strong in certain positions. So, what moves do we need for overhead press? Now, our... Top end, our black belt move is a kettlebell bottoms up press. This is a hard move. Why is this a hard move? You have to grip like hell and you also have to stabilize like crazy through the forearm, the elbow and the shoulder. So what this does is this really tests you. And uh, you've, you've had a bit of a play with the bottoms up press, haven't you, Joe? Yeah, yeah. It's been um, something I focused on a lot last year. It's adding like a lot of layers of difficulty to a classic strength movement. So like think of a regular overhead press, be it with a dumbbell or a kettlebell. There's not really much in the way of skill involved. You just kind of grip the thing and press. Whereas with this now, like JT said, you got to squeeze the shit out of it. you got to balance that kettlebell. So there's this high skill component, which means you get this proprioceptive benefit, i.e. your shoulder gets very stable and strong mm. and your whole arm and trunk because you're dealing with this kind of slightly unbalanced load yes yeah i'm a big fan i think um the beauty of it too is that anyone can do it yep like you don't need to necessarily develop a lot of strength prior however i would say if you're new on the strength journey i probably wouldn't bother too much with the bottoms up press right away i'd get a reasonable amount of strength just with a regular press right yeah so if we were working backwards say so we're starting basic yeah you just start with a regular you know single arm press of some sort, whether it's with a dumbbell or a kettlebell. But the other thing on that is how do you go from, say I've got a 16 kilo kettlebell, I can press that sucker 10 times, but I can barely do one bottoms up press. What is the halfway step? And this is what we wanted to talk about a little bit here is progressions, regressions, the palm press, which I actually really like. I like it for as a very no-gi specific thing too. It's like shoving someone's face stay down so the the benefit of the palm press is almost the opposite the bottoms up press that you cannot close your hand so that means you can't actually grip and use your forearm as much so much more of the stability goes to the shoulder it's like it's almost like holding a shot put i don't know if you ever did that in high school or something like that 
But trying to balance a kettlebell in your palm and the fear of dropping it on your head is uh, exceptional. Yeah. But the stability and the attention that you have to pay to the kettlebell is way higher. You have to really have your brain-body connection going on. Yeah, so you say strict press, great place to start. Yep. And then moving to a palm press. Palm press. And then bottoms up Bottoms press. up. And so you could use that like we've done in the standards program, right, where it's like take a weight, get good at pressing it for a certain amount of reps, and then yep. switch to the palm press. You're going to have to drop the reps. Of course. But you keep the same weight, build the reps up over time, and then drop the reps, go to bottoms up press, and work up and build back and up. And that way you really milk the weight. You can have the same weight kettlebell and get great workout without actually putting – heaps of load into it just by adding more technical challenge which is what we like adding the skill factor yeah and just one one more note on the benefit of overhead pressing is that you it kind of ensures that you're always keeping reasonable shoulder mobility yes doesn't so this overhead range is is often quite difficult for grapplers Mm -hmm. so if you are training that in the gym then you are maintaining that capacity. Yes. And that means that you're keeping good shoulder flexibility in that overhead position, but also it does speak to a bit of your thoracic extension, like your upper back, your health, which yeah. typically we get quite rounded there doing jits. So it also then indicates that we're keeping a reasonable amount of range nourished in that position as well. Definitely. And by doing it standing, it is a whole body activity. Yeah. Because you've got to squeeze your glutes, you've got to brace your core. Like you are really training your whole body, even though you're working the upper body. Yep. Cool. Second. Pull up. Pull ups. Yeah. Classic. Absolute go-to. But oftentimes people kind of do them a bit bad, don't they, Joe? Yeah, I think people tend to fudge pull-ups like they do push-ups. Mm. It's kind of abused as an exercise. Yeah, it's people go for volume but low quality, right? Yeah. I think It's kind of one of those things where I don't know why we do this, but people want to – Well, how many can you do, Do Joe? more reps? Yeah, like I, I do like 20 pull-ups. I do – 50 yeah and it's it's this thing no people don't do that with squats right no <laughs> or like deadlifts no people are like oh i lift this amount of weight and i keep the reps around here and it's yeah. more like controlled but with body weight stuff it's this you think kind it's of like a military thing because it's like oh yo i can do 20 heaves yeah or whatever or yeah. i can do 100 push-ups yeah it's kind of all about the volume yeah and usually the people that are doing that it's like none of those reps would score as a rep in my books no it's like no rep there's a real funny video of a dude trolling andrew tate um and he's doing like a million shoulder presses and the guy's like one one point one 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 point two and he's just he's just it's just like quarter reps the whole time (laughs) anyway it's quite it's quite funny and i think that it's difficult because and don't get me wrong this is not this is not a dig at CrossFit, but like, for example, the way we would measure a rep, like if we were talking like a chest to bar pull up, which we would consider to be the most high because you can't hide there, right? Yeah. When you do a chest to bar pull up, you, either your chest touched the bar or it, it didn't. Yeah. And that's very clear. It's and the, the pregnancy l- principle. Explain. You're either pregnant or you're not. <laughs> There is no in between. <laughs> I have, I have not heard that before. I, I think so. Half pregnant. <laughs> Hilarious. That's great. We won't get. We won't go any further down that potential <laughs> rabbit hole. So talking about scaling that, please. Yeah, I think where a people, lot of people can't. I think people underestimate how hard a pull up is, and therefore they do crappy ones, and they don't know how to improve it. Yeah. How do we do that? Okay. So. Yeah, so first thing is for most people, don't do them, right? Like the standard is if you want to grip the bar overhead and start working pull-ups, the standard for us would be 
to first perform a chin-up. So that would be an underhand grip starting at the very bottom. So a completely like passive hang, meaning your elbows are locked out and your shoulders are as open as they can be. And then you would pull until your chest connects to the bar. Now, once you could do that for a given amount of reps, then you could switch to a pull-up, which would be overhand grip. And what happens is it now gets a lot harder. There's a lot more work happening through the forearm, elbow. There's a lot less of the back that can help you. It's an inefficient position compared to a chin-up. It is, yeah. And that's why the pull-ups are so hard. So that would be the first thing. But for a lot of people, doing that chin-up that we just described, the underhand version, is also really hard. Yes. And so what happens is if you try and rush ahead with that, you might be able to get a partial rep like you see at most Globo gyms around the world. Sure. Uh, but your shoulder positioning will suck. Yep. And you just you won't actually be getting stronger in your back. You won't be reinforcing good movement patterns. You won't be building muscle. You won't be getting that much stronger. You'll just mm. be getting a pump on. So horizontal row variations really is or the go-to. F- yeah, 40, 45. So yeah. let's go back to you've never done a pull-up in your life. You, you're very new to this whole training thing. Um, whether it's on rings, uh, you could be using a TRX, God forbid, yep. or you could have a bar. Yep, like position. a Smith machine or something. Yeah, Smith machine racked. Uh, make sure you're pulling it against the way the hooks are facing, yeah, not hook the other way. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to have those gym fail videos. And positioning yourself on a 45-degree angle. So you've walked your feet underneath. Your body is more or less your legs and torso in a straight line from foot to shoulder. And you are looking to pull the bar or the rings, wrists to ribs or bar to chest. Yeah. 45 degree is probably the easiest version. Yeah. And then as you get stronger, as you get stronger, you position the bar or the rings lower and then your you body can elevate your feet to make it horizontal. Yeah. Quite yeah. challenging actually. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah, you just walk the feet forward until you're kind of more or less horizontal. And, and that's pretty hard, right? To yeah. perform a horizontal row. Yeah. inverted like that be it rings or bar like that's that's tough it is so arguably once you've built up to that and you're doing whatever sets of 10 reps or something then in our opinion you've earned the right to then go and work on the chin-up bar I, another really good method that i got from joe defranco who even though he's somewhat of a madman is very good at snc he was talking about his take on getting someone to be able to do 10 pull-ups was you get them to do as many as they like whatever they can manage, say it's four, and say your goal is to do 10, you then do six eccentrics, you know, and you make up the deficit on whatever your pull-ups are in eccentrics. Right. Now you will, eccentric phase is the lowering phase. So what you do is you would step yourself up, pull yourself up, hold. Or like jump, yeah, jump to the bar. And then lower yourself down with control. He generally encouraged like three second and longer eccentrics depending on the strength. Yeah. This will make you sore, just so you know. Eccentric focus training does make you sore. But he was saying in terms of building up your grip and building up your tolerance that over time you'll be able to do five pull-ups and then you're only doing five eccentrics. And then you just change this ratio. And this is a really quick way for you to be able to build up to be able to do like 10 full pull-ups. There's one really important step between like the row variations and getting to the chin-ups as well, which is one of them is eccentrics. Yep. But the first one is the chest to bar hold. Chest to bar hold. And the 100%. beauty of this is that it's it's one, it's you spent it's a static position, it's an isometric hold. And so there's a couple of benefits of that for jiu-jitsu players. One is that isometric holds are really good at building connective tissue strength. Yes. So elbow tendons, shoulders, every all the connective tissue there gets time to to thicken and become stronger. 
But also isometric holds, uh, like the carryover to jiu-jitsu is huge. Amazing. You think about holding someone in a front headlock Squeeze. or seatbelt on the back, squeezing hard, that's an isometric hold. So the chest to bar as a variation along that sort of pull-up journey I think is really important. And again, once you can build up to like five sets of 20 seconds on that, then I, we would say, okay, now you can work eccentrics and then in time, okay, now just do some chin-ups. Yeah, for sure. But, that's, but there is a pathway there and I think that for most people – uh, particularly females, the the pull-up can be very intimidating because it's like, I'll never be able to do that. If you follow those steps and you take your time with it and you're consistent, you'll totally be able to do it. It's just yeah. a matter of giving it the time. Yeah, definitely. It takes a little bit of time. Now, last but not least, this may surprise you, toes to bar. Now, this is the move that people do quite poorly. And it's basically, guys, you're hanging off a bar, you're keeping yourself kind of active in your scaps and you're keeping your legs straight and you're bringing your toes up to touch the bar. It's another one where it's like, if your toes don't touch the bar, it's not a toes to bar. But there's different ways that you can do it. And you see people doing kipping versions and swinging around and bending their knees and flaring out. And it's a total mess. And it's okay if you cannot do a perfect toes to bar, but you shouldn't be practicing crappy reps. Yeah. You should be doing regressions therein. But, yeah, what the toaster bar will do for your lats, it's a big lats move. I think as much as it's really anterior core, abdominus rectus, all of that, I had found that, yeah, man, my lats, it actually really helped my pull-ups. Right. Doing toaster bar. Yeah, okay. And um, But, yeah, the big, I think the big benefit for JITS players is, the, is just the pure, like, ab strength. Yes. And also hip flexors. Hip flexors. Yeah, and the beauty is, is that it's teaching you how to fold in half. Compress. While under load. And so your hamstrings are also, like, all the muscles on the back line of the body are getting stretched in that position. Yeah. And if you are really tight in the hammies, you'll find Struggle. it actually almost impossible to get into the position in the beginning. But that speaks a lot to the positions, to becoming strong in the end range positions where you're going to be when, say, someone's stacking you yes. or you're inverting. Yeah. And so if you kind of – the, the toes to bar, I think, yeah, like there's the shoulder mobility, there's the strength, there's the range of motion. I think there's so much folded up in that. Grip as well. Grip too. I find people can't – it's not only can they not generate the, the form per se, but people are like, oh, my grips are burning out. Yeah. I can't hang here for a minute. You're like, oh, okay. That's you right there, bro. That's you. <laughs> as Joey would say. Um, now, if you can't do a toaster bar, fair, fair play. What we can do is we can start by just bringing the straight legs up to 90 degrees yep. and just keeping that. And the thing is people tend to swing and that's actually quite hard to fight is actually just – But don't swing. Keep, don't swing. Yeah, you just, you just got to stay st- – Yeah, like Stable. You got st- to go slow. That's the key, yeah. isn't it? I would say like I like the even the first rep would just be the knee raise. Yeah, huh? the first the first step is is, yeah. is knees like knees to, to 90. ninety, and then you could go straight legs to ninety. Yeah, and or then you could go like knees to chest, knees or knees to elbows. Yeah, like yeah, more more compression. Yeah, with less lever because by shortening by not having your legs straight, having your knees bent, the lever is shortened. Yeah, therefore it's easier. You straighten the legs out. Woo, more, those, more weight. And those quads get a bit cooked too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you really – I, I, I get a bit crampy in the rec fem, the top there. Yeah. And another thing too, guys, if you just can't even hang off a bar, and uh, I had read this in – actually, it might have been, God forbid, Men's Health magazine. How dare you? They'd done a – The title, the ECG headline got in, the truth about test. peptides. Oh, oh I need it. Yeah. Tell me. <laughs> How can I get abs in 15 minutes a day? It was saying if – They'd done a test on recruitment through serratus and abs 
and basically dragon flag. Oh, if yeah. you couldn't do a toaster bar, dragon flag was a great way to create and get maximum recruitment through the core. And so we do have dragon flag as part of the Bulletproof for BJJ program, but it's, it's one of those moves where all you need is a pole or something to hold onto and you can lie down on the ground. And it's the same deal. You can shorten the legs, lengthen the legs, but that could be a good place to start if you've never done anything like that. I'd say actually start – I'd say starting point, maybe a step before that would just be like hollow body holds. Hollow body. You know, yeah, yeah. just because like – like dragon flag's intense, isn't it? Yeah. It's like a lot of tension there. It, it is very tough. It's very eccentric, heavy. But it's, it's a great one. It's a beauty, yeah. So there's – if you train jiu-jitsu, you're actually already going to have quite an amount of trunk strength, aren't you? Yeah, well, you, you, you aspire you to so. it at least. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think key things with those is, is looking at the movement. You're, you're going to find challenges with each of those. Mm. And the challenge sometimes is not necessarily your strength. It might be your flexibility. True. So if that's the case, you want to address the flexibility so that you can unlock the strength. But for other people, they might have the flexibility but lack the, so, lack the strength. Yes. So you're trying to identify the thing there and go, okay, that's what I got to zero. What is on. the handbrake? What is holding me back? Yeah. How can we improve that? But I think the, the flexibility might be a discussion for another time. I like that. All right, guys. So there it is. Overhead press, pull-ups, toaster bar, magic times. Get strong. Get strong.